Today is August 13th, 2022, and uh, today on the Teen Seat Leader podcast, we have two people, actually, Miss Elise Van Dyne and Darby Beckwith. I said that right, right, for both of you? Yeah? Fuck, I, I screw up people's names sometimes. <laughs> Just wanted to make sure. Uh, anyway, welcome on. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you for having us. Thank you. We're so excited. <laughs> so uh, the two of you currently are in a production of Into the Woods in Reno, Nevada, uh, produced by Sierra School of Performing Arts, SSPA. Shout out to SSPA. Uh, and who, whom are you both playing? Well, I don't know about her, but <laughs> I'm playing Cinderella. Yeah. Uh, I'm playing Cinderella as well. <laughs> we are the Cinderellas. Um, unfortunately, not at the same time on no. alternating nights. Yeah. On alternating nights, right. How many uh, weekends does the show run? I think five total. Because yeah. it's five between three different locations, actually. Five between three different locations. So mm-hmm. you're doing it at um, uh, Bartley Ranch. Mm-hmm. And then also at Reno Little Theater, is that correct? Yep. And then you said three locations? Mm -hmm. Where was that third location? The Brewery Arts Center in Carson City. Ah. So the regional tour of Into the Woods is what I (laughs) (laughs) The regional touring company of Into the Woods coming at you, Cinderella style. So so there are two casts? No, actually there's... Um, originally the show started out with, uh, a good portion of the cast was double cast, Mm -hmm. but just life circumstances, things, um, a lot of people ended up not being in the show anymore for whatever their reasons are. Um, and so there's only a few of us who ended up actually sharing roles, um, Mm -hmm. us being one of the ones. Um, and, uh, so there isn't really like a cast A, cast B kind of circumstance. It's just there are certain characters where actors share the role and we kind of, mix and match as far as like so it's not like I'm always performing with the same people who are also double cast Um, it just depends on the night and what they scheduled us to perform very polyamorous cast huh yes so you're you're saying that like you have both princes you have both Cinderella's is there a double for Cinderella's prince no same same guy he's just getting around he's the lucky one he's the lucky one there's not two Cinderella's princes what if they were ambitious and they were like, we have a different Cinderella's Prince every show? You could be one of them for sure. I feel like you would be one of the people. I played it before. I played it before. There you go. Yeah. That's right. I played it before. I remember that. Yeah. That that role is just like, it's fun because it's kind of villainous. That's mm-hmm. the only thing I would say. Did you get mm-hmm. to do the double track with the wolf as well? I did. Oh, yeah. That's, that's the <laughs> Yeah, I did. Part. That's awesome. Yeah. It was cool. It was yeah. really cool. I enjoyed it. Into the Woods. Uh. Into the West, da 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 What are the lyrics to this? Hey, do you want to come tonight? I you never know if people might you know have to get the out sick, hurt their ankle. I would literally just say into the woods, into the woods, into the woods, and out of the woods. No, you just into the woods, into the woods. There you go. Into the woods, into the woods. Same musical. Same exact musical. We're in the right right yeah. place. Uh, so so there is no A cast, B cast. No. There was never an A cast, B cast. They were just like cast, cast. Yeah. Yeah. I don't but, know if that's what they initially had in mind right, that's when true. there were more people who were double cast. Because, mm-hmm. um, again, it's not like we were ever 
told the casting that way. Yeah. You just saw that, like, oh, I'm sharing the role of Cinderella with Darby. Right. Um, so I don't know if that was their plan originally. Mm-hmm. But, okay, so that's where we are now. And I kind of love it. I actually like that I get to yeah. perform with all the different actors. Because it makes it kind of yeah. different for each person that you're interacting totally. with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. With the only downside being that I don't get to be in a show... I know the last show I did before Into the Woods, I did Once Upon a Mattress with mm-hmm. Western Nevada College with Elise, and we got to do the two female leads together, and it was so mm-hmm. much fun. And so then in this one, when it was like, oh, now we're sharing the roles, so we don't ever actually get to like be on stage together. But yeah. it's been a good process because I feel like, well, oh, well, Elise showed me this amazing burger restaurant in Sparks now that I talk about all the time. But I, <laughs> um, and so, you know, I got to like get to know her even more. Like we, she's nocturnal, so I stayed up, you know, talking with her until you know like two a.m. one night. Um, I feel like we are on the same page about a lot of stuff about how like we like approach artistry or like you know just like shared values and stuff. So I feel like it's been a good, a good process and yeah I totally agree it's fun to get to work with all the different people mm-hmm. I just wish I got to be on stage with you that's the only <laughs> yep. thing that's like I was so excited because like when they um of course we I, I'm sure you did too I got an email or call or something that was just like are you okay with being double cast and I was like yeah, yeah that's totally fine and in my head I was just like I bet you it's Darby I said immediately I in fact I was talking with um Quentin Powers who's Jack I messaged him because he got an email as well saying like we're offering you the role shared what's up and he goes I don't know after the callback. Like, I don't know who I'm going to be, you know, sharing it with. The person he ended up sharing with, with wasn't at the callback. So just, mm-hmm. like, preface, no one's going to be watching this thinking, like, oh, he saw me and didn't think, you know. Um, wasn't there. I messaged back and I said, I know, Elise Van Dyne. Like, yeah. I was like, that's the other one. So, and we were right. Which I was excited for until I had that realization of, like, oh, if we're playing the same role, then we're not right. going to be on stage at the same time. Maybe close it. Who knows? You never know. I'm a little bit of a wild card. We might. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just switch every scene. Put the audience on their toes. Yeah. <laughs> Just do act one and then act two. We, that's actually one of, what we did one of for you preview like leave. night. Yeah, like, oh, really? On Thursday. Yeah. Oh. Mm-hmm. Who did act one? I did act one. Yeah, and then you did act two. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's sad. Doing just act two is so, so sad. Well, that's you're such still a called dude. at call time, right. yeah. which the call time was like 5.30, and oh, I don't so think we got to act two till like 9.30 or something yeah. like that. That's how it be sometimes. So mm-hmm. I was just sitting there She's chilling. To, yeah, right. It was I like, think I started getting ready when act one started, because yeah. I was like, cool, everyone's on stage, now I have the back to myself. Right. <laughs> oh, yeah, that was craziness but yeah it was nice for me to be like all right i'm done go out there and cry like you know like, <laughs> no i love when you came out for bows at the end okay at the end one of our asms was on the side and she was like hey like you gotta go out there and bow i'm wearing like biker shorts not like a nice pair either like ratty holy like biker shorts and a uh cleveland now guardians baseball jersey just with nothing underneath I looked like I just wandered in off the street. And I said, should I, like, throw on, like, the cost or something? She's like, no, just get on out there. And I was like, are you sure? And she was like, wait, actually, yeah, because I'm wigged in the show. She goes, I think people, like, won't know who you are. They'll think I just, like, wandered on my face. So she, like, you had to be the tiara and, like, the golden slippers to, like, wear out. So people didn't just think, like, oh, my gosh, this girl from Cleveland, like, ran out. <laughs> Oh my 
gosh. But yeah, that was, and that was very kind of you to let me bow at the end. Yeah, no, I wanted, I mean, that was my idea already. I know. I was sitting there thinking about it, and I was like, I didn't know if you were planning on leaving, but I was like, if you're sticking around, you should come out for bows. She had mentioned it to me. She was like, hey, like, I don't know if you're leaving, but like, come out and bow at the end. And I was like, oh, that was, that was so kind, (laughs) because... It's there are, it's there are people to. in the world, yeah, who would be like, well, I finished it, so I get the <laughs> You may have started this shit, but I'm going to finish it, okay? <laughs> so you can watch me in the audience bow, and you can clap for me. <laughs> You got to set it all up, and now all of the dramatic parts are mine. I mean, (laughs) you're not wrong considering how the show is written. Yeah, in terms of like she gets the lighthearted part if she does act one, and then I know. Yeah, well, Cinderella just like kind of starts on a downer, you know. It's Cinderella. Starts there, goes towards the happily ever after, and then it's just like, -uh." yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah, she's a little kook. I think she's, she's a little kook. She's a weird one, and she, I love her for it. That's yes. like, well, I love that she's not, because Cinderella is one of those stories that you hear over and over and over again, right? Like so it's a story times. that we love to tell, right? Um, and so, but I'm so used to it always being like, she falls in love with this guy and wants to be with the guy and and all that. And I love that in this one, like if you really pay attention to it, she never gave. She never cared about the prince in the first place. All she wanted to do was get out of her parents, um, out, out away from her stepfamily. Escape her circumstance. Right, exactly. That's it's it. a very, I, I know I'm always on this train with too many things. It's, she's gay, right? Like, you know what I mean? It's a very <laughs> queer, like, story. And I who think you, in the text, it's. Who do you think she's really for? Well, okay. Who do you think she's looking at and she's just like, you know what? The prince. <laughs> This is this is my beard. This is my uh, this is my <laughs> my purse. Whatever right. you whatever it may be, well, you know, who's that? Okay, I think there's a lot of of implications in the text that you know perhaps she's more interested in the baker's wife than she would be ever with the prince. However, I don't know if there's necessarily anyone like in the show that it's implied she's like more interested in in them necessarily. I just feel like. For me, if you didn't know, part of my degree was in English, and so I did, and I emphasized in, like, queer theory, so I, anytime you talk to me as a leader, I'm always like, hey, this is, like... You know what? Wait, wait. Okay, so pause, because this is a very important conversation to me, but... Before before we go on, yeah. we should just say uh, who all of us are because oh, right. we just like start oh, right. going into I'm it. I'm a random girl. Comple- with the By the way, I- <laughs> yeah. So so maybe uh, Darby, because you're you're already like there, right? You kind of said a little bit. Like, give us a little background. Um, tell us your name. Okay. Tell us your your pronouns. Okay. Uh, where you're from, and then just a little bit about your background and your artistry. And then Elise, same for you. And if you just ask me if you forget any of those questions, okay. I also might forget. <laughs> yeah, you might have to prompt me. <laughs> yeah, I might be like, yeah. the card? <laughs> um, so my name is Darby Beckwith. Um, I am from here, actually. I graduated from Virginia City High School with, like, 28 other kids, really small school. Um, and then I went to college in Ohio. I went to Ohio Northern University. Go Bears. Um, and I studied musical theater. I got a BFA in musical theater. Um, with a minor in English, with an emphasis in creative writing, and then within creative writing, my emphasis was on queer theory, Marxist theory, and feminist theory. 
So that's, I feel like, explains a lot about me. <laughs> you're, like, putting puzzle. You're like, oh. Right. <laughs> um, I I am a teacher at Carson High School. I teach theater and English. And I think that's a big part of my artistry, I guess, is I just like to, I like to collaborate. I like to work with people. I like to tell stories and just, like, experience joy. And I was never... The girl with the Laduka is like Broadway or bus. Like I was like, what if we just like had fun? Like I don't know. I was not <laughs> like that girl. So I don't know. I guess that's that's it. That's me. <laughs> what uh, what are your pronouns? She her. She is her. Great. Yeah. Great. Um, and then when you say you're from yeah, here, you're you're me. from you're born in Reno. No. Okay. I where's, guess I, that was a little the birth, fib. Birth <laughs> so I was born in Las Vegas. At what time? If somebody wanted to look like, up your star chart. Oh, oh, okay. It's like, I'm you a know, Gemini Eddie's Sun, just... Gemini Sun, Cancer Moon. That's why I'm always like teary crying. Um, Leo rising. Dang. Making a lot of sense, right? <laughs> Do you know what time? What time you were born at? Yeah, I was. I was born, I think it was like around 10 in the morning. But I have it written down somewhere just in case. Okay. But it was like 9, 10, kind of like mid-morning. For sure. Are you, aren't you a Gemini as well or did I? I'm not a Gemini. No, you're not. Nope. But wasn't your birthday? Nope. No? <laughs> it's in February. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that's really close to Gemini. Right there. Not even close. <laughs> All right, perfect. Um, Elise, what the <laughs> uh, Yes, Elise. I, so I'm Elise Van Dyne. Let's yep. start there. Um, I use she, her pronouns. Um, and I, I am born and raised in Reno. Um, lived here my whole life uh and well I I don't know I guess performance art has always been kind of something that I've done um I started piano when I was five um because my granny's a piano teacher so free piano lessons yay um (laughs) and uh from there though I was always a huge math person Hmm. so my fun fact is originally I went to UNR with the intention to graduate in um, physics. Mm. I wanted to go on and do astrophysics. Um, astrophysics? Yeah. Yes. What about astrophysics? <laughs> I like space. You like space. And I like numbers. And so you like physics numbers. Do you like numbers. Do you like Interstellar? Uh, yeah, it's okay. The movie? What's your favorite like space movie that you watch and you're just like, oh yeah, all the numbers? <laughs> I don't actually have one. You don't like Star Trek? You seem like a Star no, Trek No, I actually don't really care for Star Trek. Do you Star like Star Trek. Wars? No. You don't like either? No. Both of them are too I think they're both fake. kind of okay. I don't know. No, I am I like to watch animated movies, funny enough. Because that's very real. It is, yes. <laughs> I like animated movies. Too. I think it's because yeah. I'm still a kid. What kind of animated movies? Any and all animated movies, but especially ones with singing. For sure. Yeah. Musicals. Yes. Musical-esque yeah. ones. Yeah. Yes. Um, but yeah, so I went to UNR with the intention to major in physics, um, and I still love math, but I decided I hated labs. Um, Mm. and I was like, I am not going to spend the rest of my life inside a lab. So I then changed to vocal performance because that's very similar to physics. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) and so I did that, um, and kind of have continued with the whole singing thing since then. Um, I don't know why I didn't start with that in the first place, because I did a lot of music-oriented stuff as a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, I don't know. I guess there was a little part of me that was just like, no, you have to go get like a real degree or something. Mm-hmm. I think 
well, performance is a real degree now, but I think as a kid, I thought it was like, I guess a waste. Mm-hmm. I disagree now since yeah. I have my degree, yeah. but <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so yeah. yeah, now since I've graduated, I've um, started actually teaching private piano and voice lessons, mm-hmm. um, which I didn't know I was going to end up teaching. I, again, as a kid, thought I would hate teaching. Mm-hmm. I love it. I absolutely love teaching, and especially kids. I love um, teaching kids music. If I was a child or um, just a person who wanted to learn how to sing or play piano, Okay. Where would I go to sign up for said lessons, or, or is there a, like, like a sampler? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> uh, like how, does, how does it work? How does signing up work with you? Do you have like a website or? Well, I do, but it's not set up, so don't go to the website. It just <laughs> says under construction. <laughs> um, Classic. No, usually, um, again, because since I do a lot of theater in the area. I get a lot of word of mouth, and so it's yeah. usually just people find out my phone number, or my email. Um, mm-hmm. What is your email? That's like that. Uh, your phone number. I don't know if that's the right thing to no, blast. No, but we can do email. We can do email. <laughs> but, She's in a relationship. Um, <laughs> so my email is um, e van dyne, like my name. So e v a n d y n e dot music at gmail dot com. We'll put that in the the box down below near the subscribe button. If you haven't clicked it, you should totally click it. It's down there. <laughs> Maybe I'm not even pointing to it. It's somewhere. You know, you know. Just uh, click it, but it will be down there for sure. Uh, Thank you. Yeah, just email you. That's it. Yeah, email. Just send mm-hmm. me, um, you know, an inquiry basically, and then I'll get back to you. Tell you more about like, um, you know, what I charge, um, mm-hmm. how I do lessons. Just that kind of thing. Get a conversation, figure out availability, and then schedule a lesson slot. And it's piano and and voice. Yes. Yeah. I do both instruments. Great. Nice. Okay. So, unpause. Cinderella. Gay? Oh, Cinderella's queer story. Right. That's right. Um, Yeah. Well, I just feel like, so when, like, looking at the text... She has this feeling of, you know, she's in her world and she's othered, right? She's different in some way. And it's not, you know, like a clearly obvious way, right? There's no, there's just something about her that's different from the people around her, right? And she wants to escape that and find something that's, you know, um, more of a traditional, happy, like, lifestyle. That's what she wants more than anything, but it's unattainable to her and even when she finds that thing she doesn't have true happiness you know she's talking with the baker's wife and she's she's thinking about all these other things but it's not the prince that she likes you know and so I don't know to me these are just like very queer themes a very something interesting to unpack within the text but as I said any text I approach ever in this life any media I'm like viewing through that lens (laughs) oh no but I can see it I I I remember you telling me um, your your views on Cinderella early on in this, and I was like, I don't see that. But that's again, yeah. I didn't do, I didn't study that in school. But the more I kind of thought about it, I saw this kind of idea of like she is constantly running away from the prince, and she always finds a moment to like stop and talk with the baker's wife every single night she's running away. Yeah. So I can kind of see that idea of like she's not comfortable with the prince, but she is comfortable with the baker's yeah. wife. Yeah, I think for me, well, oh, my younger sister, actually, this is a little bit of a tangent, but she was just 
doing um, for a competition piece. Um, it was like for a youth theater competition. She was doing um, Somewhere That's Green from Little Shop of Horrors. And I was like, hey, you need to look at Howard Ashman, who wrote the lyrics for this. And, you know, he was a, a gay man who died of AIDS. You know, he did the music for uh, Little Shop of Horrors. Um, he did lyrics for Little Mermaid, Beauty and the Beast, like all these stories we love. She had no idea about this man and his, like, profound story. And I was like, look at how his life experiences seeped into this text, you know. And so I was kind of saying to her about Audrey what I was saying about Cinderella. Like, yeah, she's she's singing about how she wants so badly to just live like an average normal life and that's not attainable for her like this is so this is so like gay you know and I said and Howard Asher like I don't know I just think looking at it through that context so it's not even that I feel like I mean obviously Stephen Sondheim was you know a gay man as well and so I think that that provides more context but it's not even that it's like oh you know Cinderella like is gay. I know I said that earlier, but I was, you know, being, like, a bit facetious, you know. But it's, like, just those queer themes, I feel like, and, like, I'm, you know, in the queer community, and so I think for me, it's just, like, that's, you know, something I I always am looking for, is <laughs> that feeling of that otherness. And I feel like when I see that otherness, I'm always, like, that's got to be queer, right? Right? <laughs> <laughs> Right? Yeah, no, sorry. I was into it. I was like, I was like, I was right there he with like, you. He was like, oh, she's like, actually yeah. insane. No, 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 not at all. I actually think that um, looking at Into the Woods, which by the way, no shade on Into the Woods, but it is a long play. Oh, yeah. It is a long musical. I only say that having been in it when you're like in it and it keeps going and you're like, wow, there are a lot of characters in this, huh? <laughs> and they all have their own arcs. Um, anyway, so I think that in act two, it's really interesting uh, what you're saying about Cinderella comes to light more, you know, because like objectively within act one, she wouldn't be looking at that. She's just looking away out of her circumstance anyway. Yeah. Right. So it's like, there's this guy It's like, Oh, of course. Like, Yeah. Thanks, Daddy. Like, that's really what it comes down to, right? And then Act 2, he's kind of, like, never satisfied. He can never be satisfied. Never be satisfied. <laughs> anyway, sorry. Sorry. If you don't get it, you don't get it. Um, and then Cinderella and the baker's wife have these interactions with Cinderella's prince in Act 2. Right. That's where I think it's interesting that you bring up the baker's wife, because for those of you who don't know, Cinderella's prince strays from Cinderella with the baker's wife specifically in act two when they're all (laughs) spoilers. If you've never seen Into the Woods a million times, like like the three of us. Um, Yeah. In act two, that's what happens. So uh, Cinderella's prince strays with the baker's wife specifically. um, And then after that, Cinderella's uh, Prince comes back with Cinderella. He doesn't even have a name. That's literally his name in the in the script, um, <laughs> which might say something about him. I'm not sure. Uh, but then she's like, "Why did you stray?" I think that's the line, right? You you if two you would know. If you loved me, why would you have mm-hmm. strayed? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he's just like, mm. <laughs> yeah. he's like, I don't know. I thought I wanted you, and then wanted more wanted more yeah you always want more (laughs) right you always want more so like and then that goes into her it's like what what more does she want because from there it's just like she becomes part of this like mismatched family right of the of the survivors of the end of the show um which spoilers 
I'll just say right now, if you don't know the end of the show and you don't want me to ruin people who die, just skip forward like 30 seconds. <laughs> Spoilers. Baker wife is dead. She dies. Okay. After after that little thing with, <laughs> with the Cinderella's prince, she's dead. Gone. Yeah. So like that's very like sad for Cinderella in a way. If she actually were to have a scene, which you could very easily put into act two, I think in that section, you know what I mean? Cause it all, it all would line up pretty well. Like the Baker's wife and Cinderella are kind of just like out there, you know, like they're kind of, they're in the group, but they're not, they could meet up and have some sort of scene and have some sort of song. You could easily write that in like a new age thing. Let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> let's do it. And let's have two Cinderella's. And one will be like the shadow self Cinderella and they'll battle with each other. Yeah. Yeah, you like I mean, that because you're a Gemini, right? Yeah. <laughs> Very Gemini like. Yeah. You just, just pull on each other. Right. And then and then the baker's that's wife can come in. Little three of them. We'll I stop like there. <laughs> but <laughs> Yeah. Anyway. I love it. Yeah, uh, I think that's very interesting. I also think it's interesting because uh, I was in a college class where they talked about Into the Woods a bunch, and they were always making it very sexual. They always were saying okay. this professor oh. was like making made the whole thing sexual. He's like, look I... at the whole thing through a sexual lens. Actually, okay, yeah, oh, no, go ahead. Sorry. No, I want I want to hear what you have to say oh. because when we were doing it, I was like, really? And they were like, yeah, yeah all musical theater is this way, and I was like. I don't know. <laughs> I had a professor who was famous. She would always say, she taught musical theater dance styles. And she always say, this is musical theater. Touch yourself. Um, so that made me think of that. But I think, I was talking um, with some of other cast members, I think Little Red's storyline is, I mean, more yeah. overtly sexual with, you know, the wolf and, yeah. you know, Yeah, there's a lot of context there. Yeah. But I love how when she first comes out, I mean, the sweets, to me at least, her wanting all the sweets is very much a, a metaphor, a, a commentary on she's young, she wants to grow up, these, like, sexual things. And so she says right at the beginning, I wish... It's not for me. It's you know, and she like is kind of trying to play it off on like, oh, it's for my granny, right? Because she like wants like projecting these things. a little bit. Yeah, okay. and I I love that, and so I do think her um, her storyline and yeah, her whole part in the prologue is definitely a a sexual innuendo leading into mm-hmm. then what will be her more overtly sexual storyline with the wolf. But now mm-hmm. you got me thinking about. <laughs> <laughs> about lots of things. Yeah, just I, I mean, you two are gonna watch the show more than anybody in this current time period, right? Mm-hmm. So just like think about it. I don't know. I there were a lot of sexual themes that are in that whole show. There really are. Yeah. Okay. I get it, um, and I do agree that like some musicals, like there are sexual themes at parts. But I just think to like to take any theme and say like the whole thing yeah. for that is to. It's too pinpointing, right? It's you know? not nuanced. It's generalizing, yeah. and yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, and I like feel it. like that's when when you start trying to say a whole thing is one thing, then I, yeah. I feel like it gets then you start reaching, yeah. Instead of like really thinking about what may be true mm-hmm. versus not, yeah. So, so I have a question for you both. I know that there are two Cinderellas, and you know I'm not going to ask you which one is the better Cinderella. <laughs> I won't ask you that, but 
I do want to ask you. We actually have um, boxing gloves we're about to put in. (laughs) We actually, but I do want to ask you if there was a best Cinderella, who it would be. So I've actually written down. (laughs) I've actually written down a list of some of the best Cinderella's. Gotcha. And you two are on the list. You two can be on the list, you know, but maybe it won't be you two. So, uh, (laughs) so let's start number one and two. Okay. Right, Elise and Darby. Okay, okay. I like number it. one and two. So I just wrote down a couple Cinderella movies. Uh, you may have heard of them. These aren't oh, all of them. Just so you know, there are literally like a billion Cinderella movies. There, there, there are a billion Cinderella movies. A billion of them. I know my favorite. And if it's not on there, I'm out. <laughs> I know. I've like okay. I'm sitting here already. Thinking, okay, so my I have about Cinderella. twenty here. You might not have heard of all of them. Uh, number one, a Cinderella story, two thousand four. Well, a- with HD, with HD. I do love Remember, it, but that's because I was the good age for that. Yeah, you know, like a lot of these are pretty. Audience. Yeah, I would say that I don't know if there's really like a more classic Cinderella than uh, 1950 Walt Disney cartoon, and I only say that because uh, out of all of the ones on here, it like it holds up as a Disney classic in certain ways, uh, and you know. I don't know. There can be problematic things with, with Disney's past for sure, mm-hmm. but it's the one that um, when you look at it, it has the highest rating on everything. Okay. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Fascinating. Okay. Fascinating. Wow. It's like a seven point three. <laughs> shocked. Okay. It's like a seven point three, and I think that uh, HD's was like five point oh, four boo. or something like that. Not, I was. I was stars. not asked for my input on that. How, so. Yeah. Well, what, can I get a star rating? Yeah. Star. Okay, I'll just go down the list and just yeah. give me out, out of ten. Out of ten. Out of okay. ten stars, what you think? Okay, a Cinderella story, two thousand four. Hillary Duff. Ten. I. I was gonna say eight. Oh. Ten. I was eight. Say eight. Okay, another Cinderella story, two thousand eight. Selena, Selena Gomez. Gomez. Oh. Ooh, that was three. And Drew Seeley. I don't know. I think I'm gonna have to go like seven. <laughs> yeah. No, I was not in love with that one. Okay, ready for this? A Cinderella Story, Once Upon a Song, 2011, <laughs> Lucy Hale. Question mark. I don't think I've ever seen I, it. I didn't think I was able to catch that one. That was no. a really busy time in my life. So like, um, unfortunately, I'm going to have to give what do you, that one. What do you think it would be like? It's the third It's the third one. The third? Yeah, the third one. And it was who? Lucy Hale. Is that the girl that was in Pretty Little Liars? Yeah. Is that, that is. Yeah. Is yeah. it? I think that's Anya. Yeah. Is okay. it? Yeah. Let's let's say yes. Well, I like her, so I'll, I'll give it a five. <laughs> right. I want to be like, oh, I'm sure it was awful, like three, but I know myself. If I saw it, I would probably be like crying at the end. Like I would like love it, so I'll say five as well. Without watching it, it's a five. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, right Great. in the middle. Right yeah. in the Great. middle. Yeah. That's 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 nice. Okay. Uh, next. Um, a Cinderella Story, If the Shoe Fits, oh, shoot. 2016, <laughs> Sophia more? Carson. Let me just go through this. So that was uh, A Cinderella Story, If the Shoe Fits, 2016, Sophia Carson. We also have A Cinderella Story, Christmas Wish, made in 2019 with Laura Moreno. And A Cinderella Story, Starstruck, the last of the rendition series, uh, 2021, with Bailey Madison. So it's oh. basically at the point of being like a horror film franchise. Right. It's, yeah. it's and a franchise seven. that appears to be getting weaker with each installment. <laughs> yeah, they went to Christmas and now Starstruck. Wow. I think 
the the plot of Starstruck is like a girl from like a a country town. She's like a farm girl. Okay. And then she goes to the big city. No way. Okay. You into it? <laughs> you look into it. I mean, I probably <laughs> watch like, it. No it's, way. It's my interest. You're like no way. <laughs> I'm a sucker for a rom com. That's I it. Know. If I got downtime, I'd I'd watch it. Is that what it is about Cinderella? Like you know, it's a rom com. You're like, I know that they're not going to give me the old cool. Cinderella. They're going to make it funny. At least those ones, rom-com yeah. All the Cinderella story ones, absolutely. Those. Yeah. So that was it for a Cinderella story. Oh, okay. um, so Good. the main ones, let's just say Hilary Duff and Selena Gomez. And the other ones, you didn't know, so they didn't make the cut. Um, uh, Rags, Kiki Palmer, Nickelodeon. That's so I can't remember it, but I'm a huge Kiki Palmer. Yeah. Fan. So I'm sure if I saw it, I would say 10. Absolutely. Out of 10. <laughs> but I'm like, I Kiki can't. Palmer gets a 10 without without having watched it. <laughs> <laughs> That's it, suck it, Lucy Hale. <laughs> uh, um, oh, uh, the 2015 live action Cinderella with Lily James. And it also had the guy from. Uh, uh, what was it? The Game of Thrones, who played Rob Stark, who is in that guy. That guy. I he's, can picture him. He's in the Elton but John movie. I would probably know if I'm a, if I saw him since I've seen all these things that you're referencing. <laughs> I just he's the one. He's he's brought. If you haven't seen Game of Thrones, I'm about to ruin it. So just like skip forward for thirty seconds. I'm about to ruin season three of Game of Thrones. He's the one who dies. Rob it's a Stark, scene. you know what I mean? The red <laughs> wedding, where he's like, uh, and he gets like hit a bunch. I can't His even mom is there. Who he is? Richard Madden. Richard Madden. He's I, got he's got like that very like to there he Kiki is. Pa- oh yes. I was that like guy. I was trying to I was he's like I prince. was in the the new Marvel movie like Immortals. Internals. Or Eternals. There you go. To quote Kiki Palmer, I hate to say it, I hope I don't sound ridiculous. I don't know who this man is. <laughs> <laughs> he could be walking down the street and. I wouldn't know a thing. That's okay. There are a lot <laughs> Sorry of people to you this don't... man. Uh, well, that was 2015 live action Lily James. I did like that one a lot. The have yeah. courage and be kind. Mm-hmm. I've never seen it. Oh, I think you would. Really I love like the it. dress. The the iconic dress yeah. that you see from that one all give, the time. But I've never actually seen the movie. Give me a, a one out of ten. Um, I like to think it was good. So I'll yeah. say seven. Yeah, I'll say seven too. Seven. Yeah. 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 Um. The 1950 cartoon, the Walt Disney, uh, the voice actor's name is Eileen Woods. Yeah, that's her. <laughs> that's her. Uh, I'd Eileen? say it's like a six or seven for me. I remember it was never one of my favorites as a kid. There were other princess one movies that I loved day, more. My prince, is that? Or that's Snow White. That's Snow White. <laughs> I don't know any of my Disney See, it movies was at so all. It was not memorable enough for you to even remember her musical right. motif. So Bippity Bobbity Boo, that's yeah. it. That's the only that's the only I one. I do love So in Love. Or no, no not So Yeah. No, oh, so, so this, this is, is love. love. Yeah, so this is love. That is a pretty one. But they sing when they're dancing at the ball. Yeah. I do like that song. But no, it's not yeah, I was like that one was never one of the and Disney movies that clicked. That for was me. it? Oh no, that's not oh. it. Sorry, there are more. Um, yeah, there uh, better be more. So let's just let's yeah. just couple the next two together: Cinderella two and Cinderella three. Both the cartoon versions. One was made in two thousand one. One was made in two thousand seven. Cinderella two is like a nine for me. And uh, Jennifer Hale is the voice actress. Cinderella two is a nine. Cinderella two, I love an Cinderella two. Is that the one with the 
the stepsister plot line? Or? Yeah, where she like falls in love with the baker. Yeah, I love that one. That yeah, I, I, I watched that, that movie over and over and over as a kid. I remember liking. <laughs> I remember liking that one. I just you know I haven't seen it. No, I did. I watched that one probably yeah. like three times as much as I watched oh. the original Cinderella. I I don't know. I guess I'll say like seven. Seven. Yeah. I don't. Um. Okay, so uh, Ever After, A Cinderella Story, Drew Barrymore. That's that's my number one. That's your number one yes. Cinderella yeah, rendition? Yeah, the moment you were saying, like, what's your favorite Cinderella, Ever After is my favorite one. I'm still waiting for mine. I Ever After. Heard my... I'm, I'm going to get screwed. Fuck. <laughs> but yes, I'm not, Drew Barrymore. I'm not going to say it. You know, that my favorite hasn't been said. My favorite is actually the next one, I think. Okay, that makes me optimistic. I feel Ready? Like we might... Cinderella, 19... 97. Roger Live action. Brandy, Brandy Cinderella. Norwood. <laughs> the Brandy rendition of Cinderella. Yeah. How do you think? Yeah. I had to put it down the list. That's what are you talking about? 20 out of 10. That's, That's why do you think I led with the Cinderella plot. story? I had to get through fucking seven of them. Okay. <laughs> I didn't even know there were seven. Of I them. didn't know there were seven until this morning. Whitney Houston. Why are you down there? That's my favorite part. I love um, Bernadette Peters. Mm-hmm. as the stepmother. Mm-hmm. Her best performance. I know people <laughs> will disagree. <laughs> I mean, I love Bernadette Peters in anything she does. Yeah. She's just she one of those people you fall in love with. No, it's the perfect, it's it's like one of those comfort movies. You know, you can always pop in. The 10 out of 10? Cinderella. 20 out of 10. Did you, <laughs> did you hear they're doing a reunion? No. They're There's a reunion coming up. I do know. Like, like a concert or... I don't know. They should do it as a concert. Unfortunately, there are some key cast members who had like passed away. Like mm-hmm. Whitney Houston as the fairy godmother will not be there. Um, mm-hmm. One of the stepsisters. Mm-hmm. Trying to think who else. Yeah, but I I knew that one had to be on the list because that is the best version of Cinderella. How could I not put that one on there? So you're saying yours is Ever After? Oh, yeah, I and love Ever yours after. is Cinderella Brandy with Cinderella. Brandy. <clears throat> yeah, Brandy and it Cinderella. And it was 1997. That was the year I was born. So I'm not saying that like that was a life changing year for the world. That was she was it. born and she was like so Cinderella. It was I mean, a world altering moment. <laughs> Do you remember it as a one year old watching? Do you remember? I think I think I was born with like the knowledge of it. Like I was born <laughs> with it already. Like a part of my DNA, like a crucial component of who I am. That makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. Um, we still have a couple, though. Uh, there is okay. Ella Enchanted with Ooh, Anne Hathaway. That's a good one, too. That's also oh. a 20 out of 10. Oh. Yeah. Oh, yeah, those, it's up there, right? Oh. Um, uh, I did put I Into the too. Woods on here with Anna Kendrick, but I don't know. I, if you saw that movie, mm, mm, mm. That movie missed the mark. By such a wide margin, who made the concept? Who approved it? There had to be at least a hundred people this went through before it yes. made it to our screens. That's correct. It wasn't funny. Into the Woods. That's the, no. the musical is. It's hilarious, and the movie was like, we have to be. 
It's like dark Serious. and gloomy. Yeah. We we need to make it in this DC light. Yeah. This very realistic exactly. superhero. Everything's in, influenced by superhero movies now, right? So like yeah. everybody like Loki has to have superhero powers if they're in something that's like, yeah. oh, they're vampires, and each vampire has their <laughs> own individual power that makes them a superhero, but they're still the fucking yeah. vampire. Like you know what I mean? I don't. Yeah. So what's Cinderella's it. superpower then? Talking the birds, she can call the You're birds. You're right. She can talk to birds. Birds. That I love her plot line with the birds, and I love how at the end of Act One, when it's like her, you know, it's the transition right before Act Two, and I feel like it's a good premonition when she, or I guess I should say, it's heavily implied in the text. It's not explicitly stated. She uses her power with the birds to blind her stepsisters, mm-hmm. and that's kind of a. I feel like we haven't quite reached Act 2 yet. You know, this is supposed to still be Act 1, like the happy, you know, go lucky. Mm-hmm. And she, like, that's pretty sneaky. I didn't even think about that. The stepsisters really get the short straw in Act 1. Everyone else gets their, their short straw in Act 2, but the stepsisters yeah. losing their toes and their heels and their, their eyes. Cinderella can never be satisfied. I know. She can never be satisfied. <laughs> <laughs> I need the chair. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, what? Ella Enchanted. Uh, Into the Woods, right? And then, uh, so Cinderella uh, 2021, the live action. I d- actually didn't write down. That oh, one that was on It Mayo. just came out. Yeah, yeah, that's the one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're just going to put that and at the bottom. Yeah, and, just... and it's, if you haven't seen it, uh, it's like a lot of, um, it's a popular really good songs. Like it's if like you're, a lot of popular you, songs. You know, there's a Queen song in there, I think, and like yeah. a lot of uh, pop Ellen songs that you would better. know. But then they like put that in there, and it's not that great. <laughs> Speaking, and, I know. And also, you know what? I think that the common denominator is kind of James Corden. I don't like James Corden myself, but I think that that's the reason I. One of the big reasons I don't like the Into the Woods live action, oh. and also why I didn't like the new live action Cinderella in okay. 2021. Totally. Because he was in, I'm pretty sure that that was the one he was in, right? He was in that as a mouse. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I, yeah. I fortunately did not see blacked that. Blacked it I out. Yeah. I just blacked it's it out. I never experienced that. But it's... I watched it with uh, Jared, my boyfriend, watching mm-hmm. watching over my shoulder, and we would the amount right. of times we would pause <laughs> and rewind to watch something again to <laughs> laugh. Yeah. It was very high. Let's um, just leave it at that. I, I realized when you were you talking realize. about popular music in the film, so I love Alan Chanted as well. It's another 20 out of 10 for me. And, you you know, you said, oh, there's a Queen song. In there's the a, the, in one. that one, too, yeah. There's one in Alan Chanted, and it's the same song. It's See, the same song. Literally <laughs> the exact same song. That's it's why I was like, song, Ellen yeah. Chanted did it better. Okay, here's <laughs> the here's the thing, though. When Ellen Chanted, I know you're going to groan when I start saying this. Ellen Chanted used this song from Freddie Mercury, you know, a gay man who wrote this song, Somebody to Love, and Ella sings it in a room full of oppressed giants, singing about how she hopes she can, you know, find someone to understand her, like, profoundly unknowable circumstances and and find somebody to love despite, you know, being othered. And so I know you guys are like, no. <laughs> no but I feel like, isn't that, like, so profound and beautiful and I feel like so many people like my dad you know was just like oh this is like fun that they put this in and I said this is fun I said this is this is commentary like (laughs) how dare you call it fun Fun? 
Yeah, no, no, and you're right. That's it's got way more like okay. So, for reference, if, since you haven't seen the, the most recent one, and they sing that song, it's sung by the prince, it's sung by right? The prince. the prince sings it, uh, and okay. he sings it because I guess he's getting in trouble with his father because he hasn't found someone. His to... father wants a grandson. Mm-hmm. His father's like a king. Oh, so this is like the patriarch. He's, he's a monarch. A yeah, he's a monarch. Gotcha. And he's like, my only goal is to have you fuck someone and make a baby that is a son. And if it's not a son, you haven't done your job. Gotcha. Is... And thus he sings somebody to love. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, so then he sings with that. With like some weird choir singing it with, with the him choir behind sings him. It, Wait, and then there's like, there's like a part where his sister it. like stops it. It's like his sister like, stops him in this very they like break break this musical theater rule is what it is like everybody's buying into it and singing and stuff and then his sister is like what why are you singing she says something in the along the lines of like why are you singing i'm like why are you not singing (laughs) you know what i mean like (laughs) i hate that (laughs) it's like she does it in this like weird way i don't know i don't know you should watch it if you don't (laughs) Just so you can put it to, at the bottom yeah. of your ranking. Just so you can like, know. Like, officially. And they all, everyone has <laughs> oh their God. own, like, plot line. Like, Lucy like... Hale, let's watch that Cinderella story yeah. way more yes. than... The, so, uh, just to backtrack, I'm hearing that the best Cinderella renditions are... Uh, number one was uh, Drew Barrymore's Ever After. For me. For for specifically you Elise. That, one. I you that one's good. No, that one's good. You should watch that one. It's, it's wonderful. It's def- top three are definitely that is should be on the top three. I think. Okay. We have that one, the live action Cinderella with Brandy, nineteen ninety seven, and then also Ella Enchanted two thousand four. All those are bops. So easily, yeah. easily, so easily good. the best Cinderella renditions. There are a billion more, but just don't look them up because it will be. Like, not, those are just, like, the main Cinderella ones. Like, Cinderella's a character in so many things. Yeah. Well, that's what she, I mean. It's yeah, one of those stories character. that, like, we, I guess, as a society can't stop telling. Nope. We just keep finding some new iteration of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, I, I'm sorry, guys. Bring it back. Keep... Bring it back. No, no, no. Shut up. Bring it back. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm so sorry. I'm going to bring up Queer Theory again real fast. It's just... <laughs> I just got the lenses so, on. I'm well, sorry. Well, there's, it up. it's Bring a little it like, you know, feminist theory too. So Great. yeah, okay. I think what's interesting is, so um, I took a course in college about specifically fairy tales and like different, um, different versions of them. And I think it's interesting how, if you look back, Cinderella's story does evolve and how, you know, different people and different authors um, like tell this this story and so it'll like end differently or you know different components which is why I find Stephen Sondheim's version of how he tells this story where for her it has nothing to do with the man you know in the Mm -hmm. Disney movie she sings he was so romantic I just could not resist you know all this stuff Mm -hmm. in this version she can't even think of things to even say about the prince it has nothing to do with the man it has to do with her circumstances her wanting to leave them to find some sense of normalcy or like happiness that is not attainable in our current circumstances and so that's more does that make sense I feel like because there's so many different versions and this one is so uniquely that in that there's Mm -hmm. nothing about this man it has nothing to do with the prince that she wants Mm -hmm. it's just her otherness and that's one of the reasons (laughs) that I find it so compellingly queer but I promise after this 
Unless you start talking about something that's like. Is that how? That's like what? I was going to. What like I was going to. Like horror movies. Like I horror. I mean, we could talk end, horror yeah. movies if you want. I was going <laughs> to. I was going to say. I, I mean, like the Teensy Lear podcast is based off Teensy Lear pictures. And so we do movies and stuff. So if yeah. you wanted to talk movies, we could do that. But <laughs> what I was going to ask is, uh, is that how you play Cinderella? Do you, are you playing Cinderella with this, this thought process going through the entirety of the show? Yeah, I would say yes, and that's not to say, I mean, I don't think, I mean, and you've, you know, watching it, I don't think it's not, like, you can't, like, play her gay, you know, but it's, like, so I did, and like I said, it's not even that I necessarily think that, I think, though, it's definitely going through my head, yeah, that that's, that's how I'm approaching the text. I I don't even know if it would be playing someone gay rather than uh, playing a character within the moment of who they think they are within their sexuality at that moment and then evolving with that every night. You know what I mean? Because that that is like to play... What what is to play gay? You know, right, like what exactly. what does that really even mean? It it like it like really a stereotype. Yeah. It depends what character you're playing. It depends where they're at in their life, and like where she's at in her life, is uh, not great. Well, she doesn't <laughs> know who she is, and you can get that musically. I'm like, so for me, it's not mm-hmm. thinking about it that way. It's just for me thinking about the fact that Cinderella has absolutely no idea what she wants. Mm-hmm. And you can hear that in the music in Act uh, 1 because all of her, everything that she sings has, like, no tonal center. It's really hard to actually, like, pinpoint a melody within her music. It's very mm-hmm. g- kind of unsettling in a way in the fact that it doesn't have something grounding it throughout the music. Um, and then you get that she still doesn't know because you sing On the Steps of the Palace, and she's literally sitting there deciding trying to make a decision and her decision is to not make a decision it's literally the verdict she comes to is that she's like ah, i'm still not going to choose I, I don't i don't know what i want Classic um and then lady. she runs away and then what's interesting is then in act two when she comes back and she sings no one is alone i feel like she's finally kind of found something that she does want which again is reflected in the music because the song no one is alone is easily one of the most melodic songs in the show. Mm. And it you know exactly how to follow along with it. It's a really easy song to follow to, um, compared to everything that she sang yeah. in Act One. Yeah, and I love musically the Bean theme in Into the Woods that plays all the time for all the characters. It's the theme. Well, I think it actually, I think it first doesn't come in with the beans, now that I'm thinking about it. I think it first comes in when the witch comes in. The da and then and then it yes. plays when Jack throws, you know, or when the baker like gets the beans, Jack, you know, it it's, plays when the beans are there, but it plays kind of through all these crucial moments for all the different characters. Cinderella doesn't really experience it until your fault when she gets drawn in with everyone else. If you hadn't gone back up again, she finally gets like the bean theme. And then the no one is alone. Um it plays reversed. If you listen, the bean theme plays backwards. And so I love how musically it's like the characters finally, you know what I mean? There's like that resolution that all throughout the show through these moments of like conflict and disarray and chaos. There's this bean theme and then a no one is alone. Yeah, it's so Mm -hmm. melodic. And that bean theme plays to show that the characters finally have realized like, which what a cool coincidence, right? That Stephen Sondheim just happened to put those notes in. He does that a lot. <laughs> if anyone wants to really get deep with uh, Sondheim and his yeah. music writing, look at Sweeney Todd. 
Sweeney Todd, he goes ham with his little themes and motifs, and it it's it's crazy. So smart, so smart. I I was talking with um Melissa, who plays Baker's wife, and she's like the coolest person ever. And I said, I love how when um, they're having the affair, the baker's wife and the prince, and she sings, I'm in the wrong story. She sings Cinderella's motif throughout the show. And she goes, hey, I never realized that. (laughs) She was like, I didn't even think about that. And it's like, that's how beautiful and intricate the score is, that you Mm -hmm. can be rehearsing it for months on end and still discovering new things. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to Mm -hmm. sit here. I I can't even remember where it was in the show. But there was something, uh, do you guys know the the DSE Ray melody? The DSE that yeah, that mm-hmm. thing. So in music, that is often used to symbolize death. And I again, I can't for the life of me remember where I heard it. But we were singing into the woods, and there was a point in the show where I was like, "There's the DSE ray, and it's being sung by one of the characters that's gonna die very soon." And I was oh. like, "There you go. That, it's right what a there." Weird coincidence. That's crazy. <laughs> such a weird coincidence. Holy crap. That is crazy. It's like intentional. I don't know. Well, again, that's why I say Sweeney Todd. Sweeney Todd, like every single song in Sweeney Todd has the DSE Ray in it mm-hmm. somehow. Yeah. Whether it's been manipulated and it's upside down or it's backwards or it's just right in your yeah. face. or So I, uh, something that you said that I think is interesting, I think it's it's cool because the I think Cinderella's prince doesn't know what he wants. Okay. And so for you to say that Cinderella doesn't know what she wants... I like that. I like that. I like that. I like that they pair together. You uh-huh. know, they pair well together. It's like, I don't know what I want, and you don't know what you want, so hey. We can not know what Let's we want not together. Know what we want together, and then break <laughs> each other's hearts when we're just like, no, but I wanted you. Yeah. Well, and I kind of like that that's like an, a theme throughout the entire show. I feel like with mm-hmm. the characters, and mm-hmm. that's what's so beautiful about it is like, yeah, Jack, it's like, you know, he. I love In Giants in the Sky, one of my favorite lines in the whole show is when Jack says, and you think of all the things you've seen and you wish that you could live in between. Like, I'm like, oh my God, how, like, you know, beautiful and, you know, how true to, like, our lives. Um, But I feel like, yeah, Jack isn't, you know, quite sure, right? I wish I could live in between. Little Reds, exciting and scary. You know, like, everyone's so, it's so, like, ambivalent. And I love that at the end of the show, it's like, they have to realize, like, you have to make decisions and you have to be able to decide what you want. The baker's wife, well, I want to have this affair with the prince, but I have a baker. You know, like, everyone's so torn and I love mm-hmm. that Cinderella really gets the song the mm-hmm. soliloquy to hash that out and really show like this is the the theme throughout the show but I love <laughs> that we get that moment like I I, I love Steps on the Palace that's oh, yeah. my favorite like oh, it's I'm very so ready for it I do like Into the Woods for sure it's, it's very fun like, I actually yeah. hate this musical I mean, there are musicals that I do not like that I've been in or that I've listened to. Names, titles. Names, titles. I mean, like, honestly, Rent is a little overplayed. Cool, that's and, my number one that like, I don't like. I think I've said it to a bunch of people that, like, it's a time period piece, basically. Yeah. Like, it's kind of. Ta- yeah, about we this. talked about it. It's, yeah. yeah, it's a time period piece. It's kind of like uh, Brokeback Mountain, you know? Okay. Like, am I going to bring it down in any way and invalidate it? No. Yeah. But yeah. for. For the time period, it was what was needed in order to get yeah. the content out. And that's what it is. But, like, if you want to look at it from just a writing standpoint, Rent is stupid. Rent is so dumb. That's my issue Why? with it. I think it's – because, like, I love the music. On the whole, I actually really enjoy the songs. Music's great. But – I don't enjoy that uh, the AIDS 
epidemic, the AIDS crisis, is centering around a heterosexual couple with intravenous drug use. I think that that's very much a subplot, Mm -hmm. which should have been in the uh, place of where Collins and Angel are. You know, Mm -hmm. and and Collins and Angel's story should have been the forefront of Rent because Roger and Mimi very much feel like the main uh, characters of Rent. Well, and I don't know if that's a byproduct of the fact that it's based off the the opera. Lava Wem, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, um, And I, what's funny is I studied classically, so I had to do a lot of opera, but I actually don't know much about that opera. Mm -hmm. But my understanding is that I, I think the characters that Roger and Mimi are based off of are the main characters in the opera. They are, yeah. So you end up with that. There's a song in the opera that's like, uh, it's like Warm warm My Frozen Hand or something like that. It's very very close to Will You Light My Candle. Oh, absolutely. When you look at like the actual words that it is, it's like very much. Yeah, I actually sang one of the the arias from the opera when I was in college. I don't remember what it was called because I had to sing it. I believe because the opera is in French. Mm -hmm. Um, But I was sitting there learning this song in French. And then eventually I did my translation and did the word for word. And I was like, oh, I'm just singing Take Me or Leave Me as Mm -hmm. a solo. Like it's literally just the exact words, but in French. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So I, I think that like. Rent for me is just I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say that Roger and Mimi's story shouldn't be in there. I think that uh, intervious drug use and mm-hmm. and AIDS like that was legitimately something right. happened. I just think to highlight that within it is not right. Also, the writer dying and everyone accepting the ending, which is the worst ending, the worst ending. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm passionate about it. Yeah. I'm passionate about how bad the ending of Rent really is. I think I really saw is. you in Rent as yeah, Roger. Roger. Uh, yeah, no, I'm like, I, I think I saw that production. Yeah, yeah. Well, the ending is just bad. That's why I have hard feelings on this because I've thought about it for a long time. I've done mm-hmm. the show before, yeah. and uh, at the end, Mimi dies, and Roger, who who is the main character, who is the entire time just like blue balling us with this little this little riff. He's just like, oh, my God, let me pull out my guitar. And he pulls it out, and he's just like, I'm writing this song. Oh um, I'm writing this song. Here, here it goes. And he plays it. It's not a bad riff. It's like, right? It's like that. Uh, it goes like that. It's not bad. Right. So he plays it. And then at the very end, Mimi is dying and he plays this song and it's not good. And that part is like the main riff of the whole song. It's not how it starts out or anything. It's not epic. And and it sounds really bad. But it saves Mimi. It's good enough for Mimi. And then when she comes back, she says all these really cringy lines about uh, like how Angel was on the other side and how Angel looked really good and stuff about jumping over the moon and all that shit. Like that whole that whole scene is what destroys Rent for me, to be honest. Well, and they went away from the opera. I believe Mimi dies and stays dead in the opera. That's that's how that show they didn't because Angel dies. They didn't want to like end it on a bummer. Well, is my basically... understanding is that musical theater in general, <laughs> obviously there's exceptions, but musical theater in general tries to be like positive and uplifting, and it has to have mm-hmm. a happy ending. And but I mean, like, okay, so th- maybe this is a little like push forward within musical theater history. But Hades Town, like, does it need to? We I, no, tragedy, and I think and we're getting away from that now. Yeah. Like, it's it... one of those Rent was a product of when we were like all musicals have to have a happy ending, mm-hmm. I... and now we're. I feel like Hades Town 
ends with like, okay, yeah, you know, Orpheus and Eurydice don't get their happy ending, but the musical ends. It's it's very hopeful. It is uplifting, and I think that's more. I wouldn't even say it's necessarily everything has like a happy ending, but I think, it, and I think Hades Town kind of sums up very well that like as artists we tell these stories because we have hope and because we think it's worthwhile mm-hmm. to tell stories to you know improve people's lives, and so I think. But that's how they sell it by bringing that up because they bring it up in the very beginning and then the end. That is the same thing. They're just like, oh, yeah, (laughs) it was a tragedy. I told you in the first like minute. Right. And Mimi has to live, I think, at the end of um, Rent because I'm in the process of writing Rent 2, a sequel called Rent 2 Mimi's Revenge. Get ready for (laughs) it. Where she gets revenge (laughs) on Roger for singer that abysmal song on her deathbed so stay tuned so what's funny you're sitting there talking about the melody because isn't it in one of the songs they say that doesn't sound like Musetta's waltz or whatever Mm -hmm. I had that realization I believe the song that I learned was a song sung by a character named Musetta Mm -hmm. and it sounds vaguely like that melody Mm -hmm. because the the song that I sang was definitely a waltz I remember it being a waltz dang yeah, I don't know anything so, about the opera. I don't know. I don't know. That is crazy. Rent is definitely, it's a uh, product of its time. Uh-huh. It is what it is. That's all I can You say. know yeah. what Composer really did well? I think taking like a source text and then kind of almost directly translating those words, putting them to song, staging it, and it was just excellent. Um, Lloyd Webber, Andrew Lloyd Webber and Cats. <laughs> and no, I'm not joking. Yeah, cats, I'm not yeah. being facetious. I love Cats. If you didn't get it, just say that. But it's 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 excellent. No, I am partly. It. <laughs> I've cats actually never seen cats. You've never seen cats? No. I like in would... any version? No. Just watch the the live version, the one yeah. that they did a long time ago. Yeah. Okay. The okay. stage version. That's that's the one you want to watch. Okay. It's, like I don't know if they have any cleaned up versions of it, but do not watch the like film with James Corden. Do you sure? Not. I've heard that that's like you know. Pinnacle yeah. of Cats, the musical. Halfway <laughs> They ruined yeah. it. They ruined it. The, I think the guy who sang Mr. Mistopheles, like, he did it in this way. I couldn't believe it. I was flabbergasted. <laughs> I was like, you didn't get it. The only, you know what I think they did get, right? Skimble Shanks and, like, the little vet. Like, that was, like, the part that they got correct for me. Mm-hmm. Everything else they didn't get it. And, and, to be honest, it and just again, scares me. It's a looks very like. queer show. And I felt like those themes didn't translate into the films. Sorry I said I wasn't going to bring it up. You're fine. You bring it, bring it up as much as you want. It's like fine. Mr. Mistopheles, exactly. Yeah. Oh, it was bad. It was the Mr. Mr. Mistopheles part. Mr. Mistopheles is a little was, gay boy. And in the, the one show, I, it I saw was... that. I was like, this is the part. Yeah. Where, like, I think I know what this is supposed to be. And you're not that. <laughs> That's how I felt the whole time. Like for most of the people yeah. in it, just just cats is cats is great. Cats yeah. is great. Yeah, it is. It's it's one of those musicals that's more. Um, the storyline is like not straightforward. It's not linear. Yeah, that's my understanding of it. It's almost it's, like it sounds to me like it's a bunch of like little stories that kind of. Yeah. Yeah, it's basically like a bunch of characters. Each character yeah. kind of gets their song to really introduce themselves because okay. they're all competing yep. for who gets to go to the heavy side lair. That's okay. what. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> so like, just think about it as like they're going to like yeah, one of them's gonna Who's win. Most worthy. One of them's the. So most you mean it's worthy. just six the musical but with cats? Yes. <laughs> yes, that's it. They're all just competing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, actually. <laughs> 
That's exactly right. Wow, now I'm got me thinking. <laughs> I I love me some Andrew Lloyd Webber. I'm not gonna lie. I've had many people be like, he's a hack, and I'm like, I understand, but I love Andrew right. Lloyd Webber. It, I like, always say, if you didn't get it, like just say, I didn't yeah. get it. But don't say it's bad. <laughs> yeah, I Phantom of the Opera is like one of my favorites for sure everybody there's Mm -hmm. like even if you don't like phantom it's like even if you don't like lima's you find some merit in something in it it's an experience i think is what it is like regardless of whether you like the story or you like the music or it's like it's just an experience all in itself Mm -hmm. it's funny because phantom and into the woods were up against each other at the tonys the same year and it was kind of a battle of what's gonna win spectacle versus, you know, like, people are like, oh, you know, Into the Woods is a real show. It has, you know, it's um, a meteor show. But Phantom, I believe, won the Tony for Best Musical, but Into the Woods won the Tonys for, like, Best Score, Best Script, like, all that kind of stuff, and most of the, like, acting awards. Okay. So it was, like, interesting, yeah, that there was one that was, like, the big spectacle, which... I'm not saying, you know, that one's better or worse. I love them both for different reasons. But, yeah, two super different shows that were, it's mm-hmm. funny you brought that up because they were. It's, uh, I mean, that's the opposite of Avenue Q and Wicked. Yeah. Which is, like, very, Speaking very of much gay, feels wicked. like the opposite of what you just said. Yeah. You know, and they Avenue were competing Q, for a bunch of. They, they were up against each other at the Tonys for Best New Musical the same okay. year. I, I think it was like 2004. I didn't realize that because yeah, and like those seem like two yeah. drastically then different shows. Carolina Change was that season too, and got like paid dusk. Cause that one I don't know what else. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. And what else? There was. Everyone thought Wicked was gonna win. Everyone yeah. thought Wicked was gonna win. And looking at a story like that with Phantom, that's mm-hmm. why because Wicked is definitely spectacle. Right. Oh yeah. When you watch Absolutely. it, Absolutely. you know. Uh, but Avenue Q ended up winning. Yeah. Over was... for best musical. If I had to. Because I didn't know that, but if I had to take a guess, I feel like it's because Avenue Q, to me, at least when it came out, was something very new and different from mm-hmm. what you had been seeing in the musical yeah. theater world. Well, I could point to, uh, I think it's 97. I think it's 1997. Good uh, year. Maybe it's 98. <laughs> um, uh, for the Oscars, it was Saving Private Ryan that okay. was beat out by Shakespeare in Love for best movie, best new picture. Shakespeare in Love won the Oscar for the best new picture against Saving Private Ryan, which when you look at those two, that's spectacle versus that's the same kind of thing in my mind. I'm going to say something that will be controversial, but I think it's brave. Harvey Winehouse also produced Shakespeare in Love and oh. so looking, I mean, like okay. if we're if yeah. we're gonna take like uh, his sexual experiences and boil them down to a move in the game of life and how nefarious those are, let's just move the dial from sexuality to finance and think about yeah. like what he's really doing. Wow. Um, so I, I think that, that like it could have been a lot of reasons yeah. why okay. why well. one. What were that's you gonna crazy. say though? Well, I don't that's know. That's just now my. <laughs> that's just my like conspiracy the theory. I feel like I know this is gonna sound crazy. Avenue Q versus Wicked because Avenue Q, on the surface, has openly gay characters in Avenue Q. However, I think Wicked is a more queer show than Avenue Q. It is. It no, absolutely it is. is. It's a sapphic love story. Yeah. And I don't know. 
I think Stephen Schwartz was a little cowardly that he didn't fully lean into that as much as mm-hmm. he as he should have or yeah. could have <laughs> because okay. of the source mm-hmm. material in the book. It's mm-hmm. like, hmm, it's just very interesting. <laughs> I feel like uh, these are all things that could be explored in a later rendition on Broadway because they, yeah. they do that. Like a lot of the musicals that come out now, they add, I don't know mm-hmm. how many scenes, but uh, well, some amount of scenes that they take them out. Speaking of scenes or shows that need to be updated... Once Upon a Mattress. That's the show. Yeah, I'm still mad about that one. Man. Yeah, there's... Yeah, that was like a weird scene. We had a bizarre scene. What what do you mean by bizarre scene? What what is the scene that you're talking about? Well, your character... I mean, tell us about your character in Once Upon a Mattress. My character was as like total girl boss, Winifred, Fred, if you're familiar with the plot. Um, Really just like girl boss slay. And then... Well, and, like, not your, like, traditional, like, what you would view the the pretty princess to be kind of thing. She, like, breaks the norm from all of that. She, she swam the moat. <laughs> she swam the motherfucking moat. Um, and then I played Lady Larkin, who, in the show, is definitely what you would picture this, like, super feminine mm-hmm. character to be. Um, and then um, she's having issues with her... Her the interest, her baby daddy. Yeah, he's her a baby daddy. Exactly. Fucking dog water. He's, he's awful. awful. He's terrible. And so, and she's um, yeah, pregnant with his his child, and she is so upset by everything that she is trying to run away. She she basically she just needs to get out of this relationship, mm-hmm. and um, she goes to as far as disguising herself as a boy to try and run away. Mm-hmm. Um, and her character sees her dressed as this, and I'm upset about everything because I've been told I can't run away. And her character, who we've seen, is breaking all of these traditional rules in the first place. It's just like, oh, well, it sounds like you just need to go and apologize and pretty yourself up. Go go dress like a girl. Go put on your prettiest dress and go and apologize. And I'm like, yeah. why? Even why? But, and she does that? Mm-hmm. That's how that show's written. And, and that's... The end. Yep. Of that. Yeah. They make up and they are happily Which, ever after. Oh. Head are I feel like head, you know, the creative team maybe because I think you know shows can have or media whatever can have things in them or like depict in them that aren't necessarily you know condoning or like mm-hmm. um, supporting these things or encouraging these things you know so I think were it done in a way in which the creative team was like hey. It's going to be depicting this thing, but this is obviously a bad thing that we're mm-hmm. doing, you know, but, like... More but of a cautionary tale. It, it just doesn't make not. sense to me. Because, yeah. like, to me, it seems so, like, to completely out of character yeah. for your character to say that. Right. And, it, I mean, it's definitely a product of its time when the musical came out. Like, they're definitely trying to push, I think, that kind of value. It comes down... It, it doesn't come down to the actors a lot of the time. I feel like it comes down to the creative team. Mm-hmm. The, the producers, the writers, yeah. the well, directors. What a commentary. She's a she's a girl boss, and she's still so warped under, you know, the patriarchy that she still cannot even escape all those confines. You know, she still thinks that that's... She's like, yeah. okay. <laughs> and it could be explored, yeah, but... It was you know, not, and so it was just a very bizarre... Yeah, it, um, it, it feels very yeah. much to me like a plot point that is, like, not the end. 
No, well, and that's where it's like, because I know there are musicals that get um, rewritten now. They'll be updated, revised, whatever. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, to me, that's one of those ones that's it's due for something. Especially because, I mean, Lady Larkin has all these interactions with uh, the minstrel character who's actively trying to help her run away. Mm -hmm. Um, And to me, you could totally just follow that through and be like, oh, he's been in love with her the whole time and he's Mm -hmm. actually really sweet and caring and totally change it to where she realizes what she's worth and is like, he actually cares. He doesn't. I'm going to go run away with okay. this character instead. Let's add that to the list of the things we're writing. The rewrites. <laughs> to the rewrite list. Yes. That's right. I, you I know like what? Yeah. I would also put, I don't know if you've ever seen Seven Brides for Seven Brothers. I actually never I have. have. So uh, do a little homework. Because oh, like, no. okay, so the, <laughs> the music and the dance is great. And okay. there will be part of you that feels like a nostalgia regardless of the content. A nostalgia of like watching an old time musical that your parents were like a fan of, you know, okay. and you were like, oh, like, like if your parents really like Gene Kelly or, or like Oklahoma esque things or whatever uh-huh. it was, those types of musicals yeah. on tape, uh, yeah, put on Seven Brides for Seven Brothers. Some of the numbers to this day are so good. Like the there's an okay. axe chopping number oh. where that's so, yeah, no, that, when okay. you get to that number, yeah. you're gonna be like, Oh, this is worth watching. Dang, the, like okay. a lot of the dance numbers, yeah. super, super worth watching. But the content, on the other hand, is some of the most problematic things you oh. will see ever. Okay. I mean, ever. Yeah. Like literally, <laughs> like well, they. I don't want to. I don't want to spoil it too much. Okay. But the guys live in the mountains, and there's a part where they go and like kidnap the women, and then bring them back to the mountains, oh. and then the pass like snows in. And, like, they're stuck up there with each other for so long that everything becomes okay. Ooh. Yeah, <laughs> that's what we want. That's, that's, no. that's, like, that's like a plot point. Okay. Just, Granted, just is it bad it? that I kind of already suspected that just based off of a show titled Seven Brides for Seven for Brothers? Seven Brothers. Or, yeah, because I'm like, that just they're always sounded like brothers. a weird title to me in the first place. So, I must admit, I love the Golden Age Musical Theater. I, I really do I love it. it. Um, and what's interesting is that I love, you know, how those musicals were all set up. There was such a traditional form that all the classic musicals kind of follow. And what's interesting is that Wicked follows that form. It's very much set up. And the songs are in a way, you know, like Oklahoma, for example, would be, except for it's with like two women singing, you know, instead of people will say we're in love. It's Ooh. what is this feeling? It's, you know, just something to explore. If anyone, no, I like that. If anyone has any free time in one I always step. think of, uh, what is it? I'm just a girl who can't say no. I love that song. <laughs> it's which show is that from? Oklahoma. That's Oklahoma. I okay. Think so. I actually would love to be 808. When I was in college, I always had to sing the like Lori songs, and I was like, no, like let me sing 808. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I was robbed. If you, I think, perhaps if you saw my rendition of "I Can't Say No," you might love it. I mean, I feel like the. <laughs> With these classic musicals, a lot of the time the music itself is great. It's the the story elements that are problematic. Because like I sit here and think back to like Carousel, yo, damn. which has fantastic music, but like great. I'm sorry, it ends how and like can you can be hit by someone and not feel any pain at all? And like we're we're just gonna and vulnerable to pain. Yeah, I'm like this. Mm, mm. <laughs> they're teaching. They're just teaching the next generation how to be. Don't feel pain. Like. That's the trick. Just don't feel it. Actually, um, if you've ever seen 
that was a joke, by the way. Uh, if you've ever seen the movie Lawrence of Arabia, like one of the best transitions in the movie is like this guy has a match and that's like going down and uh, and it like eventually like burns him, you know, and this other guy like can't hold it. And he's like, how do you do that? And he basically says it's just like it's not that it doesn't burn him. It's just that he's like not showing it. You okay. know? And then he blows it out and it transitions to like this gorgeous sunset. It's this very like famous transition everyone talks about. But that mm-hmm. scene, I always think about that scene. Yeah. Like the perception of pain. Right. Yeah. Um, and like I would have to rewatch all of these scenes, you know? Yeah. But like if you wanted to try and validate any of these stories in their original context for any reason, yeah. could that not be a way to do it? You know what I mean? Yeah. And then exploring that side of it and what it yeah. what it means but like most of the time it doesn't come down to that because the the actual narrative is following the dude that's really right. what it is it's yeah. following the dude the dude's right. not a side character that comes in and is just like ha 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 let's uh let's get some hanky panky Fuck see you. what's funny <laughs> i think that's leaves. maybe another reason why that's i was really story, upset though. during mattress because you are following lady larkin you're not following sir Harry, yeah. I think was his name, right? I don't even know. He was, No one cared. He was, <laughs> like, the character is despicable. But, like, you're actively following the female around, and mm-hmm. yet you still get put in this situation of, like, yeah. no, you're the one who's wrong. You need to go and apologize to him. Well, and, like, okay, I feel like Beetlejuice, for example. Mm-hmm. I Beetlejuice, there's, like, this whole, like, song and, like, plotline, basically, where they, like, talk about, they're, like, wow. Beetlejuice wants to be with Lydia. Isn't that so messed up? That's so awful. He's been, and it's like, we're not st- stupid. Like, I, I remember I was like, audiences know when something's like bad or wrong watching. You don't have to say like, this is bad or wrong. Like, in Oh, like, hello, little opera, girl. Yeah, or in Phantom of the Opera. If there was like a whole song about like, wow, guys, the Phantom is so creepy. Like, it's like yeah, that's, that's like the pop Very that we know. Yeah. But then I realized... Maybe that's not true because I feel like nowadays so many people, the media literacy is just like not always there. Mm-hmm. So maybe we do need to tell people. Well, like, I mean, like, why do you hey, think this is wrong? Why do you think reaction videos exist? Oh, there are people that are like, I would never watch a reaction video, but then there are all of these like yeah. younger generations, the younger oh, generations wow. that they're just like how do I react to this? You know, like, oh, wait, because you like, have like, me shaking. Think, on think about like where people used to go for yeah. movies. Like I, I love, uh, going into a movie theater, like right when a movie opens, especially a scary movie or a comedy. Yes. Those are the two. And being in a full movie theater and having everyone laugh or everyone mm-hmm. jump and be scared or scream, yeah. you know, being in a room with those types of energies has a real effect. And that if the farther back you bring it, you know, if you bring it to theater, which we all do, um, there is a real palpable energy in a room when you have, you know, X amount of people all staring in one direction, giving their full attention to one person. And that one person just bathes in energy. It's one of my like philosophies on acting, actually, is like when you're on stage, you're bathing in energy. It's a however many people giving you all their energy and you just soak it up and put it out there. It's. It's great, right? So if you're in a movie theater, that's the same thing. And kids mm-hmm. nowadays, like, oh, yeah. do they have these experiences? I mean, right. like, it's I've fair. been to a bunch of plays and movies and stuff. But the movies are dying. The last big movie is probably what? Uh, there's Top Gun. 
Nope yeah. came out, and probably Which something from Marvel. People, Those are my guesses. Nope is a great example. I walked out of Nope, and I was like, wow, what a profound, like, oh, my God. I, like, I was like, that was amazing. And then I, like, went online, which never, don't, delete the internet. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then I, like, went online, and people were like, there was no plot. It was so stupid. And that's what made me think. And, like, kind of, that's, like, a perfect example. I was like, oh, my God. People have no concept. Yeah, and it's like you have to get told what to think. You have no concept. Like, I'm yeah. going to watch this piece of film, mm-hmm. extract what was the message was. And well, so it's who like was it made for? Oh who was not made for? You know? Right. You know your the people, audience. The people who needed to understand the most, I fear, the people that the movie was making like a commentary on, are not are the ones who are going to understand. Not, they're not going to go see it. Leave. Uh, I guess, yeah, might not even okay. see it. Well, even, I'm so sorry, Michael, if you watch this. Even my boyfriend, we left the movie, and he, like, Googled, like, explain ending of Nope. And I said, wait, what do you, what didn't, he, you know? He did that before asking, like, trying to figure out with you. I know, even yeah. though I'm brilliant, and obviously. <laughs> did you know the ending? Yeah, well, that's when, when I saw out, him Googling. When I saw him Googling, I was like, yeah, well, I don't want to spoil it for anyone, but all the different little plot lines, and it was, it, mm. they did, like, spell it out for you, the little plot lines. It was all a commentary on, like, yeah, our consumption and what we consume and, like, all our, the way we view people, you know, and all that stuff. And and he's beautiful and brilliant and talented, and mm-hmm. so it, I'm not, like, saying, but I just thought it was funny that it was like, yeah, we left, and it was like... <laughs> No, but I think that's a good point, though. The whole idea of, like, people feeling like they need to have things spelled out for them. And I say that as someone who, like, so so Jared, mm-hmm. um, my, my boyfriend, for anyone that doesn't know. <laughs> they both um, have boyfriends. Yes. Jared and Michael. Um, so he is a huge movie buff. He mm-hmm. loves mm-hmm. movies. Um, and I'm the kind of person who's very, like, what like did I in, did I have a enjoyable experience whether the movie was bad or good I'm like if I found enjoyment from it then to me the movie did its job whether the movie mm-hmm. itself was mm-hmm. bad or not because mm-hmm. um, to me I'm like that's I mean the movie's entertainment right mm-hmm. um, and so I was really like not critical of movies at all when I was younger but the more I'm with Jared the more I'm finding myself getting critical of movies and, like, noticing these things. Um, and we'll have, like, super intense conversations after we'll go see a movie and just be like, yeah, I don't know why they did this. Like, it just it seemed to totally defeat the purpose of the story that they were telling. Or, like, oh, it was a really interesting choice that they did that. Or, um, And it's, it's one of those, like, I've come to realize that I've become more aware of watching movies and analyzing those kinds of things. And um, versus when I was a kid, I just was like, it was entertaining. Yay. Moving on. Right. <laughs> Which, and I mean, there's nothing, like, wrong with, you know what I mean? No. Like, yeah. It's like, that's, obviously, stuff should be, it's valuable when it's entertaining. You know, mm-hmm. if a movie had the most, like, amazing commentary ever, but it was like, nobody liked it. Like, you know, okay, what does it matter? So it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, that's valuable, too. I, don't... <laughs> I think it just depends. I'm like, hey. Depends where you're at. It depends who the audience is. And, uh, and like, there's this thing in writing, like, don't treat your audience like they're stupid. Mm-hmm. But it really depends on the audience you're writing for. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, if you have a Transformers movie. I'm well, just saying, like, in the that. The Transformers fans, 
you're done. You're Transformers off, fans. Off, sorry, yeah, yeah, I'm sorry <laughs> about it. I'm just saying, like the Transformers movies um, are all very interesting if you like dissect them. them. Okay. It, uh, they're all Michael Bay films. Mm-hmm. All Michael Bay films. Actually, there's this like there's this video online. You should totally watch it if you're into film theory. Uh, I'll try and find a link to it. I'm not sure of the name of the girl. There's this girl who like dissects the Transformers movies, basically, okay. um, from all film theory points of view. And when she gets to feminist film film theory. It's very interesting because the Megan Fox character in the original Transformers movie is the only one who has, uh, like, an arc. Like, if you looked at her Mm -hmm. from a script standpoint, purely script, you'd be like, wow, this character is, like, totally, like, what I want in a girl character in a Transformers movie, right? She's, Mm -hmm. like, the only character that's just, like, I know shit about cars. You know, like, where all the guys are, like, like, they're, (laughs) like, uh. Uh, cars and she's just like yeah cars and aliens and she's like uh, where did I learn it I learned it from the streets because we used to jack cars and all this there's like this whole backstory this whole plot line that she okay. has whereas if you look at Shia LaBeouf's character he's like a blabbering idiot and he basically like what does he do he hangs out in his room all day and he plays video games and he gets the hot girlfriend at the end and that's it and it's like I don't know she she claims in this thing that it is basically white what Michael Bay thinks of his audience. Who is the protagonist? Shia LaBeouf, right? Mm-hmm. So whoever the protagonist is, is who you might say is the audience, right? Okay. So if the protagonist is uh, this white, cis, blubbering, idiot male that just like, you know, is Shia LaBeouf and even Stevens, but like a man. That's basically like okay. what what this character is. Mm-hmm. Uh, comedic relief most of the time gotcha. and like yeah, not solving it. problems it's more okay. like going through and it's like oh what do I have to do what do I have to do and like you know the kind of main character that's not dynamic or yeah. interesting it's kind of like the the uh, external problems just keep coming at the, the character there are mm-hmm. no internal problems yeah. I'm, I'm digressing on this one point no you're anyway, good anyway um, it comes down to the visuals with the movie because when you actually watch the movie it's shot in a way where it just like accents Megan Fox's hot ass body. That's it. That's the yeah. whole film. That's really what what juxtaposes with each other. Juxtaposes. Uh, you know what I mean. Anyway, yeah. um, when they're both on the screen, you don't care what she's saying because yeah. you're being shown something else. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like that's our, we are yeah. really visual, visual. So when you see her like talking about how she knows all these things about cars, it's from the guy's perspective, and he's like checking her out. I know so much. Trouble. Yeah, she, she's she's like she like hangs on the hood. She like hangs on the yep. hood, and she's just like, oh yeah, you got a real big engine. Oh my she, god. She, I don't know what the, I don't know what she says. I don't think she says that. But no, she, but don't I, give them I know any what you're ideas. talking Cut about. Cut that off. Don't she, give them any she ideas. She says she says something like, oh yeah, this injects the fuel into this and makes it go faster, and then like Shia LaBeouf's like, yeah, I like to go faster. It's like shit like that the whole time. It's a really bad movie, but when you watch it, it's interesting to think about. And then also, um, it's a movie that, like, if you look into it, the Transformers franchise was made out of the 80s after this certain bill, I forgot what it was called, got unpassed or not uh, renewed, I should say. Are you talking about, like, the original, like, cartoon or something? Yeah, the original cartoon was made in order to make toys to cater to children. 
Okay. And there used to be like some law against this that was like you can't just make shit for kids oh, that are sure. like so like when you see the eighties you're like why did all these like pieces of content just that are random like He Man and Transformers and all that all that yeah, stuff just simply to make something marketable up. and sell toys it's a market okay. thing yeah so they they made them because they make toys and that's where it is right mm-hmm. so that's one part of it but the other part of it is that if you look at the funding for these films and if you look at the content yeah. the U S military is always fighting with the Transformers against everybody. Mm. Everybody. Yeah. The U.S. military and the Transformers are like this. A hundred percent. So what are they doing? They're giving toys to to a very wide age range. I I remember my little brother being obsessed with Transformers. And, and, And they're like implicating these certain things into into children which mm-hmm. they used to not do okay. used to not as much of be a thing just look into it that's all i would say no no that's a good point it's very interesting yeah mm-hmm. um speaking of like making movies though for your audience um because we talked about this early earlier mm-hmm. i really like animated movies yes like if i had to pick yeah. a type of movie i like animated whether mm-hmm. it's something serious or funny or musical mm-hmm. or whatever i really enjoy animated movies um and I think it's because I love when an animated movie does a really good job of catering to a kid audience and an adult audience at the mm-hmm. same time. Because mm-hmm. there's a lot of movies that fail to do that. You'll get an animated film that's, yes, it's 100% purely for the adults. Mm-hmm. Or you'll get animated films where you're like, yep, that's 100% purely for the kids. Mm-hmm. But I love when movies manage to find those lines. Like, um, one of my favorite, and you talked about the musical earlier, but one of my favorite animated movies ever is Shrek. Shrek. I think Shrek does an incredible job in terms of, like, be, like kids loving it but also because like as someone who was a kid when that movie came yeah. out like I remember enjoying it as a child and then getting to watch it again and as, as an adult and realize all these things that I obviously did not pick up on as a kid mm-hmm. to me is like it makes it just even more spectacular and magical yeah. mm-hmm. and I love that and I love finding animated movies that do that yeah. mm-hmm. same idea of like um uh Road to El Dorado mm-hmm. I think is a great animated film mm-hmm. um yeah. that kind of does the same thing um yeah yeah Road to El Dorado's, uh, what is the backstory of that? I'm pretty sure that it was like paired up with uh, Emperor's New Groove. That's what it was. I think they came out around the same time. Yeah, but there Seems was like right. Emperor's New Groove uh, and El Dorado came out of the same idea. Oh, like Emperor's okay. New Groove was originally like something completely different. And like they had some certain parts of it written and they, they like went away. And I'm pretty sure Road to El Dorado was made because of that. That like path that I didn't they know chose. that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Didn't know With that said, I like Emperor's New or yeah, Emperor's New Groove as well. And it's so good. I mean, why shouldn't you? Yeah. It's like a very <laughs> tight movie. Every scene yes. is every scene is well done. And there are scenes where you could just watch just the scene. Like specifically, I think of the diner scene in Emperor's New Groove mm-hmm. where they're ordering all the things. That's like classic comedy bits yeah. right there, and I you can't yeah. beat stuff like that, you know. Mm-hmm. But that, yeah, yeah sorry. What oh, I was say? gonna say, let's bring it to the stage. Well, I was gonna say, when we bring it to the yeah. stage. Yeah. I'm gonna be easy mode though. You know what? You know what? Okay, so I had an idea this morning, like low key, because I was thinking about Scream, the movie Scream, okay. and how it's like very meta. I you like know? this. And okay. so, like, I was thinking about because I was looking up Cinderella stuff, right? And there is that part in the new Cinderella where the girl is just like, she's like, "Why are you singing?" 
you know, and everyone's singing and she's the only one not I singing. But she's like, why are Just you singing, brother? <laughs> you know? Like, bitch. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You feel very she's strongly not. about this. Um, She's not. Anyway, I was just thinking about how that's like when you're in musical theater, that's what you're told. You're like, at some point, people tell you like, oh, you start singing because you're just so overwhelmed with emotions that you like have to sing. They'll tell you something along those lines of like, why do people sing in musicals? And there are a lot of different reasons. That could be one of them. Sure. (laughs) Like there are other reasons. Like if you watch Spring Awakening, it's very much like an internal monologue or like Mm -hmm. there are different types of musicals and stuff where, where different things happen. Anyway, I was just thinking about, like, that's, like, a musical. It's, like, a staple, right? Mm-hmm. And, like, that's what they talk about in Scream. And I was, like, what if you made a musical that was, like, Scream in that meta sense of, like, somebody who's, like, doesn't want to be in a musical. Yeah. But, like, they sing about all of the, the tropes with musicals. At first, yeah. though, I was, like, oh, that would be so great and original for about two seconds. And then it would become the bane of my existence. Because it sounds yeah. like something that would be overplayed by so many people. Like, we could be rich. Oh, absolutely. I'm saying this, would, this would make us rich. Oh, well, let's just say we'll you should have copyrighted it. and I already have a concept for something like that that I'm Boom. not going to share on here yeah, because don't I don't need it. anybody else to know this concept. Don't share but, um, it. But it kind of goes along those lines, though, of what you're saying, mm-hmm. um, where it's something kind of, kind of meta mm-hmm. in the, the, the musical theater world. Somebody's going to make it. Somebody will make it, yeah. I need some ideas. I have no ideas. I just... You have no ideas? (laughs) No. (laughs) (laughs) No. No. Oh, wait, no. I had Rent to Mimi's Revenge. I take Uh, it back. There you go. There you go. Mimi's Revenge. (laughs) She heard a song she couldn't unhear. And now she's here to kill. (laughs) That's perfect. And like I was saying earlier... Horror is an inherently queer genre, and so I, I think it would be perfect. I think uh, the horror musical—it's just the perfect crossover, and it would be a perfect combination of my specific interests: mm-hmm. queer theory, musical theater, revenge—like a bunch of things that I'm passionate <laughs> about <laughs> in one. I have ever heard someone be yeah. passionate about revenge? We should try it. <laughs> In one thing. So stay tuned. Maybe like a 2025 Broadway opening. Looking forward to stay it. Stay tuned. <laughs> um, real fast. So I think we should just wrap it up because mm-hmm. we had an interruption earlier. If you were wondering why it just like skipped <laughs> for no reason. Um, but just to wrap it up, uh, uh, give me your uh, social media handles. If you want people to follow you on anything, if you... You know what I mean? You're assuming I have social media. I am. I'm bad about social media. It's just, it's more of like, how do people find you? If, how do people find you for your art specifically? Not how do people find you like they want to. I could, a friend is nice. No. (laughs) Friends are nice. Yeah, Um, I'm like, I don't use social media. I have an Instagram. I couldn't even tell you what my handle is on there just email Elise just email me yeah yeah I don't have any like professional like accounts and I know I was told in theater school make your I have a website Mm -hmm. but yeah it's not you're told in theater school make your like professional social media so like if people look you up what you see is what you get I don't want you to find me on Instagram and be like wow she's this awesome curated profile and then you meet me and you're like oh my god She's like a lunatic, right? Like I want people to know what they're getting into. My Instagram username is at the avocado. There's currently nothing on there because I archived all my posts in a fit of like I don't want to be perceived at, at, at whatsoever. But I may start posting. So 
You just made me remember what my Stay Instagram tuned. handle is. Because you're going to laugh. Following. Mine is at the moth girl. <laughs> because <laughs> I played moth in, in Midsummer Night's Dream. Oh, my God. And that was weird. <laughs> we were the wrong guests. To the avocado, the moth girl. Everyone else will be like, my Instagram handle is at Darby Beckwith. And on there you can find a link to my website and my reel and all my stuff. I'm like, yeah. No, but I get it. I'm very much so, like, I live in the moment. Even Jared yeah. had to get used to the idea. If I go out of town, I don't think about texting him. And it's not that I don't miss him. I do. I just, yeah. I'm very much so involved in, like, what is immediately surrounding me. There you so go. So the same idea of, like, um, when you guys reached out about doing this, mm-hmm. honestly, it was very impressive that I responded as quickly as I did because that doesn't usually happen. Not even kidding. Like, I'm very... I talk to the people who are immediately around me. And I guess that's probably one of the reasons why I don't really do any social media stuff. I have Facebook. You guys can add me on Facebook. Lise Van Dyne. Facebook. Just email her. (laughs) Just email her. Um, And last but not least, uh, real fast, could you both for like, mm, I don't know how many bars, like 12, 16 bars, give me a little something, something. Give me a little something, something. Yeah, yeah. Don't give me that. Give face. you a little something, something. Like okay. a so- like a song. Yeah. A song. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm gonna do. Wait, did you have one you wanted to do? Well, no. I'm like, did you want into the woods? Um, you could do into the woods, but if you don't want to, and you want to save that per- for the performance that people should come see, then you should uh, sing something else. But what? Okay. Give me what your you audition song for Into the oh, Woods. Oh, well, my audition song for Into the Woods was Finishing the Hat from Sunday in the Park with George. Damn. But I was actually hoping I could give you a little bit of my go-to karaoke song. Yes. Okay. Colt 45, two zigzags. <laughs> Baby, that's all we need. We can go to the park after dark. Smoke that tumbleweed. Come see you to the woods. <laughs> that was great. That was, that was wonderful. Uh, now I feel totally weird about what I'm going to sing. Oh, sing it. Sing She's going to be literally glorious and beautiful and me over here. No, oh, so for my audition, I actually sang That'll Show Him from Sondheim's A Funny Thing Happened on the Way to the Forum. But I'm not going to sing that. I'm going to sing Lovely instead from okay. the same show. Okay. So um, what do we got? Lovely, all I am is lovely. Lovely is the one thing I can do. And onward, I'm not going to sing the rest. But there you go. <laughs> yeah, pretty. I want uh, your version where, of Cinderella. <laughs> where could I go and get tickets if I wanted to purchase tickets for your show? I actually... IntoTheWoodsReno.com. IntoTheWoodsReno.com. Oh, okay. It's handy, right? Handy. Mm-hmm. Into Woods Re- I want to see the production of Into the Woods in Reno. I'm going to go to IntoTheWoodsReno.com, and it'll give you all the information you need, linked by tickets, and more. I mean, did you rehearse that? <laughs> like, I didn't even know there was a website for IntoTheWoodsReno.com. And more. I don't know what end more. I was just going to say you can find them on Reno Little Theater's website because it's being done in association with Reno, Reno Little, Little Theater. Reno Little Theater as well. You so, can go to Reno Little Theater's website as well. And it's playing in three places, Bartley Ranch, Reno Little Theater, and the Brewery Arts Center in Carson City. So you have many different chances and venues to choose from if you would like to see Into the Woods. I would make it a night. I'm just saying. Like I say that Into the Woods is long, but it's long in that sense of like it's an epic. You know, yeah. like it Gilgamesh. is it is an yeah. epic story. It is very much you will go and like act one is your normal fairy tale length. Like act one's pretty meaty. 
um, and is pretty much the the wrap ups of what you might think of most fairy tales. Act two is the what happens after that section. So just be ready for like, oh, there is more because I the first yeah. time I saw Into the Woods and many people they all are just like, well, I think it's I don't know last what else because last what night was opening. Now. Yeah, well, a lot of people just like leave after mm-hmm. Act one because it is happily ever after. I wish it, it like it's that's basically what happens at yeah. the end of act one. A lot of things are like tied up and then like, well, it's kind of fun because this show, most shows when you see it, you know, you have an act one and an act two and it's like you got the first half of the story and you're still kind of you're like, oh, but what what I don't how, how where are they going to go from this? Because like mm-hmm. you don't you don't have a resolution yet, mm-hmm. which is then why you watch act two. To yes. me, Into the Woods is almost presented as in like you get to watch the first story and then the sequel all in one show. Yes. Def- I would agree with that. Yeah. Definitely. Like, like, go make a night of it. Go get some dinner. Uh, Definitely oh, get dinner. The, the, <laughs> where, hey, what's the, the jam? Go to, like, Zozo's. Go to Zozo's. Zozo's or... It's on, like, Moana and Lakeside. That's right down the street from Bartley Ranch. What yeah, were you going to say? Peddler's is right across the street from Bartley Ranch. They Peddler's. have good sandwiches. They have, like, the icicle creamery. They make amazing mm-hmm. ice cream in-house. So good. There's a bunch of different places. What, what's your favorite place around Bartley Ranch to eat? Deli Town. She likes yep, Deli that Town. Yep, that's, yep. She's a Deli Town girl. I, I love a good, good she, sandwich. She deli sandwich. Is, she loves that DT. <laughs> oh. That was... <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> I don't know why abbreviations are, like, the best. <laughs> um, and I guess yeah. if you go to Bartley Ranch, it is an outdoor theater, so it, um, it can get cold. Yeah. Um, at night, so it's not a bad idea to bring a blanket or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They have, um, and they have two different types of seating. You can sit on the grass. You can sit in a chair. The grass seating is a little less expensive and a little more casual. You can bring like a little uh, picnic blanket, yeah. some wine, maybe. Enjoy yourself. An excellent musical. Uh, I've seen. I've been in a couple SSPA musicals, but I've seen a couple as well. And all I can say is that they always have uh, a great set, a great cast, and a great production, which is like, that's most of what you need, I would say, (laughs) right? Um, Bartley Ranch, it does get cold. It is outdoors. Be aware of that. RLT is great. Brewery Arts Center is also great. Those are both two great venues. Mm -hmm. Uh, Is there anything else? That would be awesome. Come see say. the show. Come yeah, see the show. and you have to see it twice, so you can see both of us. Exactly. We'll, we'll see you there. <laughs> oh, wait. Let's just give... Okay, uh, and that and that's it. That's it. Thank you very much for joining us for the Teen Theater Podcast. Au revoir. <laughs> the ramblings of a lunatic. I could not even fathom what... No, that was fun.